President Biden is in Europe at the NATO Leaders Summit. We'll talk about why NATO isn't ready to let in Ukraine and why it is that the GOP is anti-NATO. The Republicans' Hunter Biden whistleblower turned out to be an unregistered foreign agent of China on the run from federal authorities. Obviously. Alabama Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville struggles to condemn white nationalists as he holds up senior military promotions. We'll talk about why that matters. And candidates other than Trump struggle to gain a foothold in the GOP primary. This is Majority 54. Ravi uh, is on his second and final week of vacation in Italy, and I am joined this week by my uh, by the best looking uh, guest co-host and and possibly the smartest. I think probably the smartest. Uh, yeah, no. I'm going to say the smartest. Uh, my wife, Diana. Hello. Uh, and uh, we have not figured out how to use two microphones. So if you're watching this on YouTube, we, uh, as Brett said, we look like the Beatles because we're sharing a microphone. So um, thanks Let's for doing do this. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this will be an interesting dynamic. Would you like to say hello to everybody? Hello, everybody. Not just because I'm your wife yes. and we're married and in the same room using one microphone, mm -hmm. but also because I've been on a news diet for the last since the last election. Tell them what that means. It means that I'm purposefully limiting the amount of news that I consume for my mental well-being. And so it'll be an interesting point of discussion. My, my theory is that uh, somebody will say important information to me at some point through the day, like you. Yeah, and so uh, this is a little bit like, like, I, like you're going to, I'm going to break some news to you yes. in the next few minutes. But I am a, I was a political science major. I right. am a person who cares about uh, politics. I have opinions about things. You I have just, run political campaigns. I'm like, I have run political campaigns, but I am like Chad GPT. My knowledge ends at 2021. <laughs> okay. That's an inside joke. In, well, inside to the people. Chad GPT who, people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. We're going to start by talking about the NATO Leaders Summit. Uh, this will be interesting because I get to do both the me role, which is be folksy and say folksy things, and also the Ravi role, which is deliver the information. Uh, all right, so the NATO Leader Summit it is a two-day NATO summit, which took place this week in Vilnius, the capital of Lithuania. I only honestly know about Vilnius because it's where Sean Connery's character was from in The Hunt for Red October, which was the excuse they used for the fact that he had no Russian accent at all. On Monday, one source of significant friction appeared to be removed with Turkey assenting to Sweden's NATO membership. Uh, this is after they held up the process over a bunch of political differences that don't matter here. But the point is that Sweden got to join NATO. And this is Finland joined NATO in April. Did you know these things? I didn't know that, any That's of okay. That. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I, I mean, I'm not embarrassed. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, all right. And President Erdogan had previously remarked that Sweden was not ready to join the alliance. There's a bunch of stuff about the the Kurds and how, how they had treated them and that affected domestic politics in Turkey. That doesn't matter here. What matters here is that a lot of people, mostly President Zelensky and a lot of people in Ukraine, would like NATO to welcome in Ukraine. And Joe Biden uh, told CNN in an exclusive interview that Ukraine is not yet ready for NATO membership, saying that Russia's war in Ukraine needs to end before the alliance can consider adding Kiev to its ranks, meaning letting Ukraine into NATO. So let's stop there. Uh, you're from Ukraine. Yes. Fact. You are the Majority 54's chief Ukrainian-American correspondent. Yes. Do you have thoughts? Well, why doesn't the United States... Mostly you States, have questions. Yeah, yeah I mostly okay. have questions. Why doesn't the United States want the Ukraine in NATO? You asked me this question earlier and said, don't said, answer don't, it now. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait until we're live. Uh, the reason that we... And actually, and I agree, 
Because Okay, so everybody would look at this and go like, why wouldn't we do everything for Ukraine? So the way NATO works is it's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. It was created as a bulwark to the Soviet Union, where you used to live, right? And so uh, I didn't say that because you didn't know, I'm reminding them. Uh, and the idea was, is that we're going to create like, as if it's one country that's bordering the Soviet Union instead of a bunch of countries together. And if you attack NATO, then you've attacked all of NATO. It's like you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. So uh, as Biden actually was was pretty plain about is that if Ukraine was a member of NATO right now, we would be in a full blown war with Russia because Russia is in a war with Ukraine. And if Ukraine joins NATO, then by default, the United States is it's basically like a declaration of war with Russia. And that'd be bad because Russia has nuclear weapons. And we've been trying to avoid a hot war with Russia for like ever. Um, and and so that's why. Um, I, there are probably people who think that we should just let them in now. But what's I think interesting about all this is it's them saying, uh, okay, after the war ends, Ukraine can come in, which basically means once the war ends, uh, if Russia does anything else to Ukraine, we're at war with Russia. So it's kind of a high stakes thing. And the Republican position on NATO is they don't want us to be in it at all. They want us to get out. Yeah, that well, it's not the full Republican position, but it's definitely the Trump position, which we should get to here in a second. One thing I will mention, though, is that this is a big evolution because prior to the war in Ukraine, uh, it was very much like like the U.S. was not saying it out loud, but even I mean, under Trump, obviously opposed because they're just for anything Putin was for. But even Biden was like, we shouldn't let Ukraine in because of this possibility. But so it's a big deal now to say even that when the war ends, we should let Ukraine in because that is just that's like completely changing from where we were before the war. It's a big deal. Uh, Before we get to the GOP, you know, there's this tweet from uh, President Zelensky, which I kind of want you to read in a Ukrainian accent. You're not going to do a Ukrainian accent? No. No? Okay. All right. We'll just read it. Sure, sure. A very good, powerful meeting with Mr. President Biden. The meeting was at least twice as long as planned, and it was as meaningful as it needed to be. If the protocol had not stopped the meeting, we would have talked even longer. All of the topics, long-term support, weapons, politics, NATO, we clearly see how to end this war within our common victory. And so in addition to this, he was like, it's absurd that they're not letting us into NATO. That's the other thing he said publicly. Which makes perfect sense. Like if if you're President Zelensky, you're like, you have to have your strongest position. That like you got to let us into NATO because you want Russia to be at war with everybody else. Because then you're definitely going to kick Russia's ass quickly. Um, but I think that's like a public posturing position. Now, to your question about uh, the members of the GOP being against uh, NATO. Uh, let's just go to this video from Marjorie Taylor Greene, where she attacked NATO as not a reliable partner. And uh, anyway, you'll see. Let's go to this this clip. Amendment number six directs the president to withdraw the U.S. from NATO. My amendment would direct the president withdrawal from NATO. They are not a reliable partner whose defense spending should be paid for by American citizens. For the better part of the last decade, Germany has contributed only around one percent of its GDP to finance NATO obligations, while the United States is paying around four percent of our GDP to defend NATO countries. The United States has been financing and promising to defend NATO countries for decades and paying more than its fair share. 
Western European countries could and should be stepping up their financial contributions to ensure the security of NATO. Instead, they are entirely beholden to Russia and the U.S. taxpayer is expected to foot the bill. Okay, so since you are somebody who has not followed this, not that you're any fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'm just curious, like as a regular person, when you hear that messaging, like, do you find it convincing? You know, just so much in the minutia and the details. And I feel like I'm the kind of person that likes to zoom out and mm -hmm. say, okay, do the two sides have differing opinions to the war in the Ukraine in general? And then are they using this NATO conversation as a way to have that debate? Well, yes, that's pretty much, that's the correct question. Um, because uh, the rest of that clip, which we didn't play, is where she gets into saying that there should just be a diplomatic solution to this, meaning like we should stop helping them. And the diplomatic solution, as far as I can tell, if we stop helping Ukraine is like Russia wins the war and like just takes Kiev and whatever they want. So that's like Marjorie Taylor Greene and the MAGA people being like, we're just for Putin. Right. Uh, so that's one side of it. The other thing I thought was funny in there because they're just so full of shit that uh actually diana doesn't like it when i cuss on this show oh, they're just you. so but she only listens to like every third episode <laughs> so she doesn't know how often i cuss on the show until she's guest co-hosting but uh one of the th there's just they you're right they just don't want us to be in nato they just want to be pro-russia so they just come up with stuff one of the other things she got into which she was clearly reading because she doesn't know what she's talking about is she's objecting to the idea of us sending uh, more F-16s, like separate from NATO. She just goes into this amendment in there. It's like, also, no more F-16s can be sent uh, to Ukraine. F Do you remember Iron Eagle, that movie that yeah. you hate that it's I made you favorites. watch several yeah. times? Yeah. So that's in that movie, they're flying an F-16. Right we don't now. we don't do F-16s anymore. We do uh, not. We don't use them much in combat, but we have quite a lot of them. But the reason it's such bull is because like 27 countries have F-16s because Lockheed Martin has been making them for 47 years. So like if we need more F-16s, they'll just make more. Like either we're going to give them the value of it or we're going to buy them from Lockheed Martin and give it to them. So her whole thing is like, no, we need our F-16s, which is just like they're just making stuff up. So I thought it would be more helpful to talk about why they don't like NATO. Uh, and I've. I assume at this point you probably have figured out why they no, don't like No, please tell me. No, because then I'm just talking no, 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 the whole no, no, time. No, no, I... They don't like NATO because NATO is like, for the same reason Putin doesn't like NATO, is that NATO is there to defend everybody from Russia. And they're just like, I can't even actually figure it out, really, because the average liberal will just say they just love Russia. But I think that's too simple. I think like initially maybe it was because russia seemed to like them and they but i also think it's sort of because they're just authoritarians Re regardless of how you feel like whether they're sending christmas cards to, to putin <clears throat> if a republican or specifically donald trump wins the next election probably we're no longer in nato oh like day two like that he was going to pull us out of nato in the second term like and which then, it would be his second term and so. then what happens like separate from that what happens to the war in ukraine if it's still going ukraine becomes um russia is that is right what i think happens yeah if we if we pull out of nato uh it i think if we pull out of nato it means well for one thing it means we pull all support from ukraine i mean if trump becomes president he'll pull all u.s support from ukraine uh and then uh nato will become much weaker 
which will mean there's much less like it's not like you're you're not going to have as strong of an alliance against Russia. And so then uh, there's just not going to be as much support from the other European countries either. And they're all going to start think they're going to stop thinking about how do they defend Ukraine and start thinking, how do we keep it from being Poland next? How do we keep it from being, you know, and- sounds like it's Sweden. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm reading into you, th- you think they're, they're, <laughs> well. So my point is, uh, it bad. It's bad. It's very, very bad. Um, and I don't think Marjorie Taylor Greene actually understands hardly any of this. I think she's just like, oh, the Democrats like Ukraine, and Trump likes Putin, so we like Putin. I think we're just as guilty of this on the other side. Like Donald Trump hates NATO, so m- maybe there's a lot about it for us to like. Well. No, I disagree because, uh, like, I served under NATO, so uh-huh. like I'm biased for a totally different reason. Sure. But I actually think that it's like we were occupying the pro-NATO, pro-not-Russia position that the entire country was in. Like, that was, like, every movie, like, Rocky Four and every other movie from the 80s uh, that we grew up on, or you didn't because you were there, sure. um, is about russia being the bad guy and i felt like the whole country was on the same page that like russia is the bad guy until like 30 some percent like the the trump heavy part of the country was like we're gonna depart from that so like i actually on this one don't feel i I do think that there are some people i agree with you who at this point don't even know why they don't like russia really other than they're like the yeah msnbc says don't like russia but i think most people get like Russia, like Putin is a dictator who invaded a, a democracy and that's bad. And, and, uh, I think, I think people, I don't know. It's hard because without getting into stuff that'll get you in trouble with like your family, there are, there are people in the Ukrainian community who watch Russian propaganda. Who I think we you're know. going down a big tangent. I would just say as somebody who used to live in a Russian controlled territory that was not Russia specifically and appropriately mm-hmm. the ukraine mm-hmm. uh i i would not give it a high rating on airbnb ukraine. i would <laughs> no russian oh, control okay. yes. right. uh the, the russians as hosts of properties <laughs> in the ukraine i would give it one star okay. or lower so all right we escaped all right well that's that's the big takeaway uh from this is don't don't get a airbnb in Ukraine can in, in the Russian controlled part of Ukraine. Okay, I don't That's think right. they're doing Airbnbs, but no, I was uh, using it as a I, metaphor. I got it. It was a yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, as a side note, um, just for fun, Diana and I recently met uh, the director of the Ukrainian Postal Service. He was super cool, and he like the fact that he has kept the Postal Service together to keep e-commerce going during the war. He said that like what percentage of Etsy are people from the Ukraine? selling mm-hmm. goods it was a high i don't remember what it was yeah it's like something like eight percent of all sales on etsy are from people yeah. in the ukraine making money while everything is He's, at war the postal service has basically kept the economy going there it's incredible um all right uh on oh actually let's let's go ahead and uh, break for an ad when we come back see this is what ravi usually does i'm gonna do it we're gonna talk about this gop whistleblower we're gonna talk about uh this fella tommy tuberville uh who doesn't understand no, who does understand what white nationalism is and is doing a little dance about it. And most of all, we're going to talk about where things are with polling and with Trump and with the Republican primary. Okay, let's take a little break. This episode is sponsored by Roan. If you're like me, 
you understand the pains of finding what to wear. Most clothes are uncomfortable. They may be too tight. They never, you know, actually fit your size because, you know, a lot of us are not exactly small, medium, large, extra large. We're complicated. Sometimes when you find something you like, you can only wear it for a few hours before that important meeting or dinner, and then you have to change it into something else. And everyone wants to dress their best. You want to look good at all times. And frankly, it's a confidence booster. So here's the deal. Men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man, and here's why. Roan helps you get ready for any occasion with the commuter collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Roan commuter collection. And here's some anecdote. I'm wearing my Roan pants right now. And last week I was at a wedding. I wore my Roan uh, button-down shirt to the wedding at a formal wedding and i will also wear it tomorrow when i just you know go into a coffee shop to have a meeting it's that versatile so it's time to feel confident without the hassle with roan's wrinkle release technology wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the products it's that easy yeah i actually you know not so neatly folded that shirt in my bag for the wedding and i was able to take it out and automatically I was able to put it on. It looked like I had ironed it, but I didn't. You know, it's an inside secret between us. So with Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll also be smelling fresh and clean all day on top of that. Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can dish the dry cleaner all together. We're on the move a lot, and the Roan commuter collection has never let me down. The versatility and overall comfort of the collection is undefeated. I absolutely love it. And even after I wear it all day, I feel super fresh because that gold fusion anti-odor technology at that wedding i was dancing up a storm wore it no problems so the commuter collection can get you through any work day and straight into whatever comes next so head to roan.com majority and use the promo code majority to save 20 percent off your entire order that's 20 percent off your entire order when you head to r-h-o-n-e.com majority and use the code majority it's time to find your corner office comfort Okay, uh, thank you to Ravi for beaming in live from Italy to talk about his shirts, uh, but now it's back to us. All right, we're going to talk about the GOP whistleblower being an unregistered foreign agent for China. This has to do with Hunter Biden. Uh, do you know anything about this? I, you know, in my news diet, mm -hmm. I like put a little bubble around this entire topic because there's so many crevices and now China's involved and uh, it's too confusing. Can you just start at the top? Well, sure. But actually, I think as context, will you tell people what is in your news diet so they can get a, a little bit of context as to what you usually pay attention to? It's yes. mostly not politics. No, no, no. I knew about the NATO not yeah. being ready to let the Ukraine in. It's high level news. Mm -hmm. uh, we're having record setting heat days on yeah. on Earth. And people seem to be totally chill about this that. Is good. This is like you just telling me all the news, you know, <laughs> go ahead. Keep going. No, these are important news. I, uh, maybe more than many of your listeners, am particularly concerned about how little our uh, representatives know about artificial intelligence or care mm -hmm. about uh, its potential impact in into our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I, I listen to the news on you. On you are constantly reading the news about AI. You're super yes. interested in that. Uh, business stuff, what I call nerd stuff in a very loving yeah, way. The, uh, You're a businesswoman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, <laughs> so therefore. Yeah. How, how you frequently, you frequently explain before I come on the show, 
to talk about economic stuff that Ravi understands really well, I frequently say to you, please explain this to me because you've been following the news on all that stuff usually. I understand the people who thought they were going to get to get money back for their uh, tuition are not going to get it back mm -hmm. and that the Supreme Court is just throwing out all kinds of uh, yeah. ridiculousness. Okay. All that's right. Where I am. That's, I'm like, that's okay. where you're at. Okay. What were we talking about? We're talking about the whistleblower. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let me tell these people about, about this a little bit. So the GOP House. And me. And you, the GOP House Hunter Biden whistleblower who allegedly went missing. Okay, the backstory on that is that this dude, what's his name, Comer, I think. Yeah, Chairman James Comer. He went. On, he's been out there claiming he has this whistleblower. Uh, he's the oversight committee guy, Republican, and he's been like, "I got this guy who's going to prove that the Biden, you know, family is a crime family." Which, as a side note, Ravi and I keep pointing out it's kind of funny that on the one hand they want everybody to believe that biden is this doddering old man suffering with terrible senility and yet also the head of a crime family um and, and so you know he was like we're gonna prove it uh and then uh you know well okay so let's let's start with that and then let's go ahead and hear this clip of him uh last week on newsmax uh what he was saying about what was going to happen when this whistleblower uh, revealed himself. No, he's very credible. And the people on MSNBC who made fun of me when I said uh, we had an informant that was missing, they should feel like fools right now. They are fools. Uh, and this is their worst nightmare because, uh, again, this is a credible witness that the FBI flew all the way to Brussels to interview and sent several agents to interview. Okay, so that was a week ago. Um, it turns out, uh, so this person, the Gal Luft, a dual Israeli and American citizen and co-director of the Institute for the Analysis of Global Security, was charged with violating Iranian sanctions, making false statements to federal agents. Um, it was a November 22, 2022 uh, indictment that was unsealed Monday. Um, they, this is after uh, it's been alleged that they were an unregistered advocate, a foreign agent for Chinese causes while trying to sell weapons on behalf of a Chinese company to a number of foreign countries. This is uh, per this person is currently a fugitive uh, and they were arrested on the charges in Cyprus in February, but then they fled after posting bail. Basically, um, this dude is not a good dude. Like he's he's like. He's a bad guy. And this is like their main, this is their witness that is, is like, he, what is he blowing the whistle on? Well, I guess he was going to say that Hunter Biden has uh, done bad things, but I feel like that ship has sailed. Uh, I feel like people know that um, this dude. So he worked on a plan for China to buy Iranian oil, despite U.S. sanctions against Iran. The indictment says that he instructed a co-conspirator to identify the oil as coming from Brazil, not Iran. Um, anyway. I, this is all like we're just telling people what's going on. Um, let's just focus on a different thing here because like what How do they, you keep this straight in your head? I don't. Uh, I don't. I'm like you. I actually have mostly walled this off. Um, but what I am interested in uh, is not this latest like con game about how tying uh, Joe Biden to to Hunter Biden. What I'm more interested in is you as someone who is always closer to what people think uh, about politics, like the average person than I am because you do have a news diet. I am curious as to what you think about it. I will preface it with, about, about the Hunter Biden stuff generally, and I'll preface it with what a guy on my baseball team said to me yesterday, who is a guy who describes himself as uh, he, 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 he doesn't listen to this show, so I'm going to uh, impersonate him 
but he, 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 look, man, I'm just like right down the middle. And, and he's like, I, I just think everybody sucks. That's what he said to me yesterday. But he also, I don't even know who he voted for, but he said to me, he goes, he's like this whole Hunter Biden stuff. He's like, like, I don't get it. They want us, what do they want him to do? Like kick his son who's a drug addict to the curb? Like, then they'd just be like, he's a terrible father. Like, what's this dude supposed to do? That's where I think people are on it, but I think that's wishful thinking. What do you th- what do you think people think about this or do they think about uh, this? Okay, I told you my knowledge like stops it in 2021. So like mm-hmm. what happened with the laptop? Oh god, I don't even really know. <laughs> they found a laptop. I think there were embarrassing things on it. People are gonna tweet in and be like, that's not what happened. And okay, say please. so I don't really know. If Ravi were here, he, he would he, know everything. R- Ravi is in charge of the Hunter Biden and all other Republican conspiracy stuff, okay. and he's in Italy. Um, which is pretty suspicious. Yes. You got to be, you know, I, I just would have to say. Um, but I don't know. I just like, I guess what I would ask is, does anybody ever talk to you about Hunter Biden? Like you have a lot of friends who are very conservative. I think people decide how they want to vote and then they say things like Hunter Biden as reasons for yeah. how they're going to vote afterwards. But this is just so mangled and a lot of people are have jobs to mangle it even more like on these news stations where. I, I think that's right. I think people, like for people listening, I think that's right. I think if people bring up Hunter Biden to you, then they probably have largely made up their mind I mean, at I, this point. I think a former U.S. president is being indicted, and that doesn't seem to matter directly right. to anybody who is interested in voting for him. So like if someone brings it, well, you're a little different. If somebody brings up Hunter Biden to you, I'm just so curious, but I don't want to follow a rabbit trail yeah. of like there was a guy who said a thing about a piece of paper that was in the yeah. in Italy, but they took a photo of it in California, and now somebody <laughs> saw it in Arizona, and they're going to verify the validity of it. I actually oath. don't even know if that's a thing you're making up. Oh, I just made that up. Yeah, it, yeah. it feels like it could be a it thing. It could be. That's um, how people do it. I what I tell the listeners of this show is if Hunter Biden gets brought up, I what I say to people is I say, look. Um, it sounds like that Hunter Biden has had a lot of trauma in his life. You know, he lost his, uh, he lost his, um, sister and his mother, uh, when he was very young. And then he lost his brother, uh, recently. And like a lot of people go through trauma, he developed a substance problem and then made some pretty bad decisions as a result of that. As a, and, and at the same time, we, we know all, this happens to lots of people, but we know his name because his dad is president of the United States. And I choose to just uh, like send love to him and feel bad for him. And I'm confident that in no way, if, if he's done things that are improper, uh, then no way has the president been involved in that other than to try and support his son emotionally. I just think you have a limited amount of space in your brain to use your super powerful brain. You can only use it on so many things. And like, do you want to use it to solve this Carmen San Diego mystery, <laughs> or do you want to use it to solve some like growing issues affecting our yeah. country and our planet? I think you should stand closer to the mic and closer okay. to me. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, next, uh, next ridiculous thing before we get to the main event, uh, which is the most ridiculous of things. This main, this undercard ridiculous thing. Do you know who Tommy Tuberville Never is? Never heard of him. Okay. Wait. Before, let's play a little is game. It's a man or a woman? It's a, it's a man. Okay. Let's play a little game. If you, if somebody right now told you you have to say who Tommy Tuberville is, tell me who you think Tommy Tuberville is. Oh, he competes in logging competitions in the uh, in in the 
Seattle area. Okay, so you, famous logger. So you do know who he is. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, no, Tommy Tuberville is uh, the U.S. Senator from the state of Alabama. Um, just uh, we'll get into some background on him in a moment. But uh, okay, he doubled down Monday when asked about his previous comments on white nationalism and said it was an opinion that white nationalists are racist. Let's enjoy this clip. Conservatives, Democrats, whoever wants to be in the, uh, the, the military to fight for this country, to protect this country, that's what it's all about. But just to be clear, you agree that white nationalists should not be serving in the U.S. military. Is that what you're saying? If, if people think that a white nationalist is a racist, I agree with that. I agree they A white nationalist be. is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races. Well, that, that's some people's opinion. Uh, and I don't think, that's I mean, a lot. Uh, pardon? What's your opinion? My opinion of a white nationalist, if somebody wants to call him white nationalist, to me is an American. It's an American. Now, if that white nationalist is a racist, I'm totally against anything that they want to do because I am 110% against racism. But I want somebody that's in our military, that's strong, that believes in this country, that's an American, that will fight along anybody, whether it's a man or woman, black or white, red, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, and, and so I'm a, totally against identity politics. I think it's ruining this country, and I think that Democrats ought to be ashamed for how they're doing this because it's dividing this country and it's making this country weaker every day. But that, that's not identity politics. You said a white nationalist is an American. It is identity politics. You said a white nationalist is an American, but a white nationalist is someone who, who believes horrific things. You don't, do you really think that's someone who should be serving in the military? Well, that's just a name that has been given. I mean, it's not. Listen, it's a real. It's a real definition. There's real concerns about extremism. So if you're going to do away with most white people in this country out of the military, we got huge problems. It's not. We it's got not, huge problems. It's not people who are white. It's white nationalists that have a few probably different beliefs. Right? That have that have different beliefs. Now, if racism is one of those beliefs, I'm totally against it. I am totally against racism. But, but that there's is, a lot that of people a white, that believe in different things. Is racist, Senator? Well, that, that's your opinion. That's it, your opinion. But it's if it's racism, opinion. if it's racism, I'm totally against it. Okay. Does this change your opinion of I think him this as is a logger or whatever you to, said he was? I think this is unfair. He like clearly doesn't know what a white Okay, I was going to ask is, you, is. is he stupid or is he slippery and evil? No, I just think he's never heard that term because people don't use it. I, I will grant you that people don't use the term white nationalist to at each the other. stuff he goes hey, to in Alabama. Hey, white yeah. Right, right. They're just called, you know, people by their first name. Right, but they're all like racist. Like the people he's talking about. No, okay. Now you sound like him. No, that's Look, not what, what, what I'm what saying. Look what I did to you here. No, I'm just saying he's You're, confused. Okay. I would argue that he's not confused. Okay. I would argue that he is afraid of losing a Republican primary in Alabama. And that he has to, that he, it is better for him to sound stupid to you and me than it is for him to sound like he's knowingly against people who think white folks are the superior race. Politically, I think he has decided that it is better for him to be seen as a racist than it is for him, uh, than it is for, like, he would rather be seen as stupid by you and me than as not racist. By people who vote in the Republican primary in Alabama. Well, that's very sneaky if that's the case. What yeah. evidence do you have? I've just spending a lot of time in politics. Okay. Like I've been around like, and all right. Okay. 
So let's some context here. Sure. Uh, back in May, during an interview on an Alabama radio station, when he was asked if white nationalists should be allowed in the military, he responded, I just call them Americans. Tuberville faced immediate backlash for his statements, including from some inside his own party. On Tuesday, Senate Minority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell called white nationalism unacceptable. So, like, he knows what it is. Like, the dude who, like, makes committee assignments in his caucus has talked to him about it. Asked by CNN if he was concerned by Tuberville's refusal to denounce it, McConnell replied, white supremacy is simply unacceptable in the military and in the whole country. Senator John Thune, the Republican whip, told reporters there is no place for white white nationalists in the Republican Party or the military, refuting Tuberville's comments and saying, I am not sure exactly what he was trying to say there. Not exactly a profile in courage from John Thune. Uh, on Tuesday, Tuberville told reporters on Capitol Hill, I'm totally against racism. If the Democrats want to say that white nationalists are racist, I'm totally against that too. Let's enjoy this second clip of Tuberville. Maybe it'll clear it up. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Explain why you continue to insist that white nationalists are American. Listen, I'm totally against racism. And if the Democrats want to say that white nationalists are racist, I'm totally against that too. But that's okay. not a democratic definition. The definition of a white nationalist well, is someone... Well, that's your definition. My definition it is, is the racism definition. bad. The okay. definition is that the belief that the white race is superior is to all racism other races. Is totally out of the question. So do you believe that white nationalists are racist? Yes. If that's what a racist is, yes. Thank you. But that is the definition. I'm a Tommy here, honey. I feel like he really cleared that up. Okay. You should. This is an audio uh, platform that people not watching. Yes, won't know that that's sarcasm. You no, tell I. Okay, so it cleared I up that he's just stand, stupid. And I'm, I'm sorry for. You think uh, he just doesn't get what's it? about to happen to my Twitter? Yeah, this and, is bad. Uh, my Instagram, but that's how I feel. Okay, uh, just an, uh, You're saying, but you're sticking to the position of he just doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, I, I think that too often we're trying to stick it to everybody, and and catch him on stuff. You show him like you show me like a, a secret clan uniform that somebody found in well, that's, Tommy's closet. That's the point is that I I think the most revealing thing is when they asked him about white nationalism and he was like, Well, you're just gonna get rid of all white people in the military. Yeah, I don't think he knows. I, I think he's had ample time for someone to tell him. And I think that the majority or the minority leader told him. So here's what I think. I, I think both of us, here. our favorite part of that is when he said, my definition is racism bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, well, all right, Tommy. All Tommy is basically Martin Luther King. Uh, but yeah, well, I don't know. We don't know whether he's stupid or whether he's slick. Uh, well, we know he's stupid because he said a lot of stupid things already. But I think that he is, uh, sl he is savvy enough to understand that he must stupidly proceed to not say anything bad about white nationalists in Alabama. Um, I think if you asked him, is the KKK bad? He would say, I am against the members of the KKK who are racist. And I think that that shows him to be probably pretty stupid. But also, I, I don't think that's going to hurt him in a Republican primary in Alabama. I think that's the point. Now, uh, one other thing about this I want to talk about is that because this dude is currently holding up hundreds of senior commander nominations. That's how all this started, right? He's he's holding up more than, because one senator can do this, holding up more than 250 nominations for command positions in the military. He's doing this because the military is still providing resources for service members to travel to receive abortions. Uh, and these uh, approvals are usually done, these nominations, these confirmations are usually done in mass, like all at once. But he's blocking it with an objection to that process. So he's trying to force individual votes that would take months. Right now, there's no commandant, meaning no 
person in charge of the United States Marine Corps. There are one-star generals in three-star positions overseeing 48,000 troops at once. Uh, so I mentioned this to say that if this comes up, like what I think you should talk about, people at home, is that this controversy aside, like the reason this is so bad is because you you can't, I've, I have been around one-star generals. There's some great people who are one-star generals. But I also used to have a theory, no offense to any former one-star generals out there, that like when you get your first star, you also get a lobotomy that lasts until your second star because they just, they don't seem to really know what they're doing about being a general until they get their second star. So the idea of putting one stars in charge of 48,000 troops at once, which is a three-star position, is actually really bad for national security. And I think it's, I just think it's relevant that this guy, like so many other Republican politicians who never served in the military considers himself a big military guy his foundation was supposedly for veterans it raised two hundred fifty thousand dollars it spent sixty thousand dollars then it closed after it received criticism for that he said in an interview that his interests are nascar golf football and america's military i don't know what that means i don't know how a person who's never been in the military can have as a hobby america's military i think that's just kind of strange and it reminds me of like the Guys who never served, who meet me, find out I served, and then want to show me pictures on their phone of their guns because they think I'm going to, like, you know, connect with that. Uh, seven former U.S. defense secretaries, including two who served under Trump, signed a letter to Senate leaders saying Tuberville's actions are harming military readiness and risk damaging national security. I'm telling the listeners all this because I, I just think that, like, all of this, like, should white nationalists serve in the military thing while well, it's relevant. What's more important is like this dude is keeping people from actually ascending into positions where they can like run stuff in the military. And so my point is, is he is bad for national security in addition to being a cartoon character. All right. Do you have any other thoughts on Tommy Tuberville? No, I think the Would last Would you like part... to state for the record you're not for Tommy Tuberville and you uh, think national uh, white nationalists are, are, are racist and shouldn't be in the military? I think that the part that we talked about with him slowing down the operations of the U.S. military are much more important. Yeah. Can you say the other thing? Because I, I don't want you showing on this show once to get you canceled. I would feel bad about that. Look, here's the deal. Racism, bad. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, on to GOP presidential candidate polling. Um, let's start with this. Uh, you knew before before we get into the into the poll here brett brett's doing a good job in putting up uh graphics i will tell people that um in 2016 um when i was running for the senate uh and trump looked like he was going to get the nomination uh me and a bunch of other people who in retrospect look really dumb were very excited about the political prospects of that because we figured hillary was going to kick kick his butt by a lot and i remember thinking oh we might win texas uh, maybe we could even win Missouri, which we ended up, you know, Trump won Missouri by 19, more than he won Texas by, by like 10 points. Uh, but you, when Trump came down the escalator way before he got the nomination, you were like, this guy's going to be the president. You were uh, like, you I weren't like, I'm going to vote in, for him. It you was were like, like August, September that I was like, I think he could win. Yeah. And uh, I remember that day because uh, you and somebody else uh, during the Republican debate uh, had champagne. To That's celebrate right. yeah. Donald Trump being on the podium. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And you you were obviously not for him, but yeah. you were like, and I think, so can you tell people why you thought that at that time? Why you had figured that out before anybody else? I just thought he was like really plain spoken. And um, I, don't, I don't know. He just, 
he like ten percent of what he says is tied to a real fact. So and, truthiness. Yeah, he has a lot of truthiness. The other thing you said to me once about why you figured that out is you were like, uh, I come from an authoritarian. Oh yeah, country. some people are really into authoritarian. Yeah, you, yeah. You were like, well, you all just assume that everybody wants democracy. And we have different ways of doing it. It's true. You're like, I don't assume that. Some yeah. people just want to be ruled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, well so they like they don't say I like to be ruled, but they yeah. say like I want somebody strong in charge. Right. That doesn't have to negotiate with anybody else. Yeah. You're like, we get rid of all the all the other stuff. Just get right to doing stuff. That, yeah. That's what they want. All right. So I've just wanted to establish your bona fides on oh, this. Oh, thank you. Um, and so now looking at the GOP, the 2024 this GOP is primary. Okay, so are you so all right? It has Trump at fifty six percent. This is a morning consult poll, um, and uh, and then you know DeSantis at seventeen, uh, that Ramaswamy guy at eight percent, Pence at seven. The guy who was vice president. He's at seven. Nikki Haley at three. Scott at three. Christie at three. Asa Hutchinson. Who do you have any idea who that is? Most people have no one percent of people in the Republican primary apparently know. I think I, he either he's the I think former governor of Arkansas. Um, anyway, he's at one percent. Uh, what is happening? Okay, so I'm asking you, what is happening? I, I, here, here's the thing. I keep seeing news uh -huh. that Trump is embarrassed at this political rally or that political rally. I was honestly shocked to see these numbers because the way that he's portrayed, at least in the media that I consume, is like he's being embarrassed left and right and things are not working out for him left and right. And you've heard about the indictments. Yes, and he's... Uh, I, what does that even mean? Is he going to go to jail during the election? Oh, that's a whole other podcast. Okay, I'm um, sorry. I don't think he's going to go to jail during the election. I think he, during the campaign, I, I think there's a decent chance that he gets convicted of something during the but campaign. Like, was this but then he'll poll appeal. done in Tommy Tuberville's like <laughs> legislative area? What, what is happening? Why, was, why is this, this like This was an anonymous poll taken by people in Tommy Tuberville's office wearing <laughs> white sheets um, over their head. Uh, who? No, 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 stop. <laughs> okay. Like, why is this happening? Um, okay, I think, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, like, in regards to his polling on this, Chris Christie said there's a long way to go in this campaign. He said at this time in 2015, Donald Trump was at 4%. So I don't think anybody should be worried about the polling right now. Florida Republicans strongly. This is OK. Before we even get to this, let me just say. Ravi and I have been trying to tell people don't underestimate Ron DeSantis. Uh, it's getting harder and harder to stick by that because I'm starting to feel like it's just estimating Ron DeSantis like he's had a chance it's not going particularly well for Ron DeSantis and I think that this last bit uh is really rather proof of it um is that Florida Republicans strongly favor former President Trump over their governor Ron DeSantis in a hypothetical 2024 presidential primary contest the new Florida Atlantic University Main Street Polcom lab poll, I don't know what that is, showed that Trump held a 20-point lead over DeSantis among registered GOP voters when asked whom they would support if the primary were held today. Half said Trump, while 30% said DeSantis and 7% said they were undecided. So that's like 20-point difference. Uh, you and I have hung out in Florida over the last year or so and listened to people Talk about DeSantis. They seem to love, really like him there. Love Ron DeSantis. And yet Trump, who I guess is also a Floridian, seems to be kicking DeSantis's ass there. Um, my question is, is this pretty much over as far as the primary? Nothing's ever over, side? as Chris Christie says. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Nothing is ever 
over. However, I will tell you that he hasn't even been on a stage with the other candidates and Donald Trump outperforms everybody else on a stage. So like. But that's a whole other thing because he may not get on a stage with the other candidates because so people so there's a whole other debate like they want to line up these debates for the Republican nomination and Trump is so far not joining those debates and some people are like oh he's he, mostly the other candidates are trying to imply he's chickening out and other people are like no he's being a front runner yeah so like if you were Trump would you debate the other people would you go on a stage with them no I mean he's clearly doing yeah why would you right great without yeah who's gonna watch it if he's not there that is exactly what trump has said and yeah. i think he's right and <laughs> the problem is like well you first of all you can't like take trump out of it if you're the former president of the united states you automatically lower yourself by debating other people who want the same job that you just had including of, your vice president including your vice president right hey, remember that one day yeah when you, you lost it <laughs> and tried to kill me yeah that yeah that would which I don't think Pence has the stones to do that. But if but he yes. did, that would be awesome. If he did, he'd be somebody else. <laughs> but uh, but the point is, like, one of the counterintuitive things about this is that because he is being indicted by the federal government, which technically Joe Biden is in charge of, that elevates him and that makes it Biden versus Trump. And that's what Trump wants. He wants everything to be Biden versus Trump because that's how you win a nomination. Okay, well, this is majority 54. Well, how, what do we do? How do we... Talk about this. This this is the thing is that I have been saying to myself for a while, I don't want to talk about Trump as much. I want to move on from Trump. And I think the instinct of a lot of progressives is to like want to move on from Trump, not talk about Trump. And I think it's right in the sense that you want to define the Democratic Party, not as just being against Trump, but you want to define it as what it's for. I'm with all that. But the truth is, is the dude is going to be the nominee for the Republican Party for president of the United States. So, like, I think we have to stop fighting the urge to not talk about him. And we have to talk about him so that we can talk about why he's bad. How is this possible? I do not know. Well, I do know is that. Um, no, I don't. I don't actually. And and what can we do? Like, we, we should just be talking about what well, do we do for the next year? Well, we can't do anything about the Republican nomination because. The, the, we're not republicans um, i know but and, like i don't want to wait till well you could start we, people people have started organizing start i mean the things that you're supposed to do all the time organizing canvassing supporting candidates building up the infrastructure uh to defeat him but like at, that, at family gatherings should we be like donald trump yes i do think so at family gatherings like that's why like let's it, just get it out because apparently a lot of people are harboring it in and just quietly going to vote for him. Uh, yes. I, I think that the old I, I don't like his tweets has become like, I don't like him. But then they don't want you to ask the follow up question. I don't Will see you vote very many MAGA hats and maybe that's me, but uh, not as many as we used to. But I see a I, lot of bumper stickers still. Do you? Yeah. Now that I've said it, you're going to see them everywhere. Okay. Well, no, I, they don't say make America ready. They just say Trump 2024. That kind of and stuff. maybe they're just waiting for the new slogan that they can get behind. So they're preparing their make America great again, again, greater, greater againer. Yeah, something like that. Maga. <laughs> um, anyway, all right. Well, on the rain to finish up the Ron DeSantis part, um, he became defensive on Fox News when they asked him why his campaign isn't connecting with voters. Let's look at that clip. 
There's something about you that's not connecting for whatever reason, not connecting with the voter, whether or not it be personality. Donald Trump says it's about loyalty. Francis Suarez says it's about your relationships. And it's not about those individuals so much as I'm curious in the, the, the analysis of Ron DeSantis of why not yet is connecting. Well, I think, did you just see the news today about uh, the record fundraising haul we've had? Nobody's been able to match that in the history of modern presidential politics. So we've got a huge amount of support uh, to be able to take the case to the people. We really haven't started that yet. Yeah, and you've done a great job pushing back against woke. We know that. But I'm wondering what's going on with your campaign. There was a lot of optimism about you running for president earlier in the year. But here's this weekend's headline from the Politico playbook. Failure to launch Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' campaign <laughs> to topple Donald Trump has stalled. We are way behind, <laughs> says a top DeSantis PAC official sounding the alarm. What happened? <laughs> oh, Maria, these are narratives. The media does not want me to be the nominee. I think that's very, very clear. Why? Because they know I'll beat Biden. But even more importantly, they know I will actually deliver on all these things. Okay, so how do you think he did there? Well, like, it's just so blood. Tell me what to uh, continue. Well, what I didn't win any new people over yeah. with his answers. And mm -hmm. he might have lost some with his giggle. Yeah. He's weird, right? You gotta be, you gotta be careful with those giggles in politics. You do any noises, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just do. All right, he's just kind of weird, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like he's awkward. He's awkward. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't compelling. Right, and I think like the thesis. I remember a couple months ago, Ravi and I talked about that, this, and we were like, "Look, if he is compelling, then he." He's in a position to win. Like he control. There was like a few months ago. It was like if he can go out there and like he doesn't have to be amazing. He just has to be like pretty good. Uh, and it turns out like he. Well, let me ask this. Like, would you would you think like oh like if somebody was like we're going out uh, to this place? It's a social event, and this guy Ron DeSantis will be there. And you'd seen one clip of him before. You had no idea what his political views were. Would you be like this guy's a little awkward? Like. I don't how would I don't you? know. I just feel like the whole thing where we're supposed to be cheering for one of these people. It's horrible. Yes. What, what are we supposed to do? I'm not. Like, I think he's right. I think he has a much better chance to beat Biden than Trump. I'm not cheering for the dude. Okay. So we should focus all of our efforts on, like, sussing out Donald Trump conversations. Yeah. Just, like, start running against Trump now is what yeah. I'm saying. Because here's the deal. All of these people are going to say they, voted, they would vote for Trump if he wins the nomination, right? Because they're all cowards. Um, they all have, they own MAGA stuff now. Like they, it's all there. So like, just, you don't have to run against Trump, just run, run against Trumpism, right? You don't have to talk about the indictments. Just talk about all the terrible things. Like Trump is like, you can thank me for getting rid of Roe v. Wade. Like he's, you know, he wants to execute drug dealers. He, you know, all this stuff, like just talk about all the horrible ideas that he's for, because they're for all the same horrible ideas. They just aren't him. And yeah. they're not under the only difference is they're not under indictment and uh, they use euphemism, whereas he uses like like he's very direct about about saying mean things about people. Right. Like kind of the way Tommy Tuberville doesn't use the N word when he goes on TV, but probably does in all of his regular conversations. They, that's the that's the analogy for the difference. I think I'm going to start saying, you know, many people are saying and then something bad about it. 
Donald Trump. Or just, just or something bad about him. Trumpism. See, yeah. that's my point. Is like just just finish the job of 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 uh, uh, merging Trump and the Republican Party because that's how you win elections, not just the twenty twenty four presidential, but the other elections that will be on the ballot. Um, anyway, I don't think Ron DeSantis is going to win the nomination because. He's he's just a little odd. Good. He's just a little odd, it turns out. All right. Uh, this has been fun. Did you enjoy this? I enjoyed it. I hope uh, you I think, know. I'm sure that everyone enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, I uh, look forward to all of you correcting all of my And opinions. mine, because I got some stuff wrong. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this is where we do one for us. And we okay. can just talk about anything you want. One for us. Yeah. Well, you you start. You, you tell me how to do this. Uh, let's see. I would say... Um, that, I don't know, what's a, a fun thing to talk about here? That our daughter uh, has this cute thing that she's doing right now that I really want to get on video um, because it probably won't last much longer where on, on the letter Y and the letter M, she doesn't stutter, but she gets stuck on it. And so when she talks you to us- send a lot of stutters. No, it's not a stutter. It's just she, she, uh, she gets to it and she prolongs it. So she, she'll say, actually, it's more like the word you. She'll say, daddy, you- going to work right now and it's just the most adorable thing in the entire world and uh and i don't know that's just a thing a little thing that i'm enjoying right now okay i took up uh playing tennis mm. this year it started in january uh -huh. you and, and ravi need to play each other i mean i don't think we're like we have the same goals but yeah. <laughs> he's a little intense yeah. i even hired like a crew of people to yeah, you have train a group me. of moms who play with, yeah. <laughs> yes i have a text chain with mom suit tennis and there's 14 of us on the group and we also send each other funny mom memes but that's mostly me and we play <laughs> tennis and it's it's been really uh neat to get to watch you go and do that and it's funny the different energy we bring to things because like i'm 42 and still play like absurdly competitive baseball so when you leave for tennis i'm like did you win like when you come back i'm like did you what was win the score? yeah are you kicking are you are you beat them you know and you're like i had fun i measured my steps yeah you're like oh i you know i i, I like playing this person because i get more steps and yeah. i'm like yeah but is your game improving right i went to one time when you played tennis and afterwards i who have never played tennis in my That's life right. started mansplaining your stance to you because I'm that reminds me of i'm just calling um, myself out for it when i trained for two years to do a handstand and you were like, all right, let me try. And then you, uh, you're like, record this, which is like the ultimate Jason confidence. We should point out that this you- This is my first time attempting this thing you've been doing for two years. And you at that point could do a handstand yes. very well. And you were like, record this. And I was like, okay. And you basically barely did a donkey kick. And then I kick. did an amazing handstand. All right, no, anyway, it's been fun. No, you weren't even parallel with the ground. But then you got up and you're like, did I do it? <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I would love to be able to drink a cup of that every morning for breakfast. More confidence <laughs> runs in this family. You can see it in our children. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, all right. Okay. Well, this was fun. Thank you for doing this. Oh, yeah. Thank you uh, for inviting me. Robbie will be back next week. Uh, if, you know, if you, uh, I would invite all of you to go, uh, you know, on your, wherever you listen to podcasts and make some comments. Let Diana know how she did. Oh, if you want me to come back, please. If leave you a want comment. her to come back and create a, a quarterback controversy between her and Robbie, that would be fun. Feel free to do that. Um, but remember, we all have a platform. Make sure to use yours today.